Good evening folks, it's Saturday night and it's just after 6 o'clock and you are on 92.9 River FM. My name is Simon Chait and right now you're listening to episode 11 of Prog Mojo. We're going to kick off today's episode with one of my prog rock favourites. This guy stands head and shoulders above many of his contemporaries. He's had an incredible career from founding in 1967 and fronting one of the world's most successful bands, Genesis, to heading out on his own in 1975 to what would become a stellar solo career. Peter Gabriel is quite simply a force to be reckoned with in the world of prog rock and beyond. Peter Gabriel began his musical career in 1965 in Godalming, Surrey, when he formed Garden Wall with school friends Tony Banks on piano and Chris Stewart on drums. Gabriel and Banks weren't interested in school but got into music and started to write songs instead. In the last concert before they split, Peter Gabriel, ever the showman, dressed in a caftan and with beads, and threw copious quantities of flower petals over the appreciative audience. He had eight years with Genesis and set a very high bar for bandmate Phil Collins when he reluctantly took over the role. They had to audition 400 singers before they finally settled on one who was already in the band. During that time, he recorded six albums with the group, uh, including one live album. These albums were From Genesis to Revelation in 1968, Nursery Crime 1971, Foxtrot 72, Selling England by the Pound 1973, Genesis Live 73 and The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway in 1974. Having left Genesis in 1975, Peter Gabriel went on to record nine studio albums, four soundtracks and another four compilations. For his first eponymous album. Peter Gabriel got a bunch of session musos together including later King Crimson members Robert Fripp on guitar and Tony Levin on bass and he released his first album which was just called Peter Gabriel in 1977. It reached number seven in the UK and number 38 in the US and this album featured his spectacular single Salisbury Hill. His first four albums were all eponymous, that means all self-titled, and eventually came to be known far and wide by the imagery that each album portrayed, which is why his first album was also known as Car. This was released in 1977 on Charisma Records in the UK and Atco in the US. I'm going to play a quick track from Car now. This is Peter Gabriel with Moribund the Burgermeister. Something's wrong down there. 
And that was Peter Gabriel with track one, side one of his first solo album with Moribund the Burgermeister. Throughout his career, Peter Gabriel has won a swag of awards. Three Brit Awards, six Grammy Awards, 13 MTV Video Music Awards and several Lifetime Achievement Awards. His humanitarian activities were recognised as well by being awarded the Man of Peace Award from the 2006 Nobel Peace Prize laureates. Time magazine named him one of the top 100 most influential people in the world in 2008. Peter Gabriel was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2010 as a member of Genesis and then again in 2014 as a solo artist. This next track is probably the best known song from his first album. Here's Peter Gabriel with Salisbury Hill. I do. 
And that was Peter Gabriel with an absolute classic from his first album, Salisbury Hill. I've got one more Peter Gabriel track for you today. This one is taken from his second album, which was called Scratch. And the song is called Exposure. It's co-written with Robert Fripp, released in 1978 on Charisma Records in the UK and Atlantic in the US. Here's Peter Gabriel with Exposure.
And that was Peter Gabriel with Exposure. There's just so much to look at in Peter Gabriel's catalogue. We'll definitely be revisiting him in future episodes. Hi folks, this is Robert Hurst from Backsliders and you're listening to River FM 92.9. Yes, that's right, exactly. River FM 92.9. Couldn't have put it better myself. 92.9 River FM. Okay, staying in the UK now, we're heading over to Kingston-upon-Thames in London. And the year is 1975. Two teenage brothers, Tim and Jim Smith, were playing in a nameless psychedelic band with a few mates from school. A couple of years later, they formed a new band, which they called Filth. And in 1978, they played their first concert at a local live music venue, The Kaleidoscope. Michael Pugh sang the lead vocals. Tim Smith was on guitar and vocals, his brother Jim was on bass and vocals, and Peter Tack played drums. By the time they played their second gig, later that year, at the same venue, they had officially changed their name to Cardiac Arrest. Cardiac Arrest's sound was heavily influenced by a lot of well-known acts such as XTC, Van de Graaff Generator, Gong, Early Split Ends, Devo, Gentle Giant, and the list goes on. In turn, a lot of well-known bands list Cardiac, which is what they eventually claimed as their name, as a major influence in their musical career, such as Marillion, Tool, Napalm Death, Faith No More, and Blur. Over the years, Cardiac has had a variety of different lineups and instrumental combinations, and are credited as having invented pronk, or progressive punk. A new musical genre, although Tim Smith of the group didn't like the term, instead calling them a pop group or a psychedelic rock band. Cardiac had been together for over a decade before they released their first album. They tried a few different themes and styles, including a clown vibe in 1984. In this humble commentator's view, it was not a good look. Their lineup in 1988 on their debut album was Tim Smith, lead vocals, guitar, flute and synth, Jim Smith, bass and vocals, Sarah Smith, sax, clarinet, recorder and vocals, William D. Drake, keys and vocals, Tim Key, marimba, percussion and synth, and Dominic Luckman on drums. A Little Man and a House and the Whole World Window, the debut album of the Cardiacs, was released in 1988 on their own record label, which was Alphabet Business Concern, or ABC. The album was considered by many to be very complex and progressive, with abstract lyrics and themes. I've got a couple of tracks from their first album, A Little Man and a House and the Whole World Window. Here's Cardiac with A Little Man and a House. Not today, 
Cardiacs with A Little Man at His House. And I've got one more track in this half hour. Track three of side one. Here's the Cardiacs with Is This the Life?
And that was The Cardiacs with Is This The Life? I'm Simon Chait and I'll be back with more Prog Mojo after this. Welcome back. You're listening to 92.9 River FM. My name is Simon Chait and this is the second half of episode 11 of Prog Mojo. As you may be aware, we're heading further into the realm of prog groups from the late 70s of late. And this next group is a little-known inclusion from Spain. The group is called Crack, and they only released one album called Si Todo Hiciera, Crack, which translates as If Everything Did Crack. The group was founded in 1978 in Gijon, Spain, which is on the northern part of the Iberian Peninsula. Five quality musicians got together to form Crack. They were Alex Cacru on bass, Alberto Fonteneda on guitar, flute and vocals, Mento Eria on keyboards and vocals, Manda Jimenez on drums, and Rafael Rodriguez on guitars. They wrote seven great prog tracks, recorded them and released them in 1979 on Chapa Records, and then the following year they disbanded. All up, these guys were together for a mere two years, but they created some great music. Their music is reminiscent of Genesis at times, and I can definitely hear Rick Wakeman of Yes in their keyboard soloing sound. Their sound rings with the bright tones of the 12-string guitar and combines with harmonized melodic vocals and some funky Ian Anderson-esque flute. They also used a Mellotron, which is a funky tape oscillator keyboard that was popular with prog bands throughout the 60s and 70s. It was created in 1963, and the Mellotron is an electromechanical keyboard with 35 keys where each key plays a strip of tape which has three different sounds actually recorded onto it. One standard Mellotron set had flute, violin and cello sounds all on the one tape. And depending on which setting you chose, that section of tape, either the left, the center or the right stripe of the tape, ran over the playheads to play that specific sound. Here's a quick example of the Mellotron flute sound, as shown in the introduction of the Beatles' Strawberry Fields Forever. And that was the Mellotron flute sound. Really, the Mellotron was a very, very early sampler. The instrument gave you an opportunity to play three different sampled instruments all on the one keyboard. Okay, let's go back to Crack. I'm going to play track six on the album. Now, this is the title track. Si todo hiriera Crack. This is a long song. It's about 12 and a half minutes long. So settle down, grab a glass of wine and a plate of nibbles and off we go.
Sopiera una 
was the awesome epic prog masterpiece Sitoro Eriera by Crack. River FM. FM. You're listening to 92.9 River FM. My name is Simon Chait and this is Prog Mojo. All right, so we're going to jump in the old Prog Mojo time and spaceship now and we're going to zoom over the North Atlantic Ocean to Oakville, Ontario in Canada. The year is 1977 and a small Canadian rock band called Flood 
imploded with its members separating outwards into all different musical journeys. Three of the outgoing members decided to continue to work together and form another band, which was to be known initially as Pockets. These were bassist Jim Crichton, drummer Steve Negus and keyboardist Peter Rochon. And they were joined by Crichton's brother Ian on guitars and another bassist keyboardist Michael Sadler. They decided against the name Pockets and chose Saga instead. By June 1978, Saga had recorded and released their debut album, Saga, on the Polydor label. As the saga of Saga continued, the group maintained its momentum, releasing album after album, and despite several lineup changes over time, Saga has never officially shut its doors. 22 studio, 9 live, and 12 compilation albums later, Saga are still going strong to this day. They even released an acoustic album entitled Symmetry in March of this year, 2021, which they created in their various home studios during the COVID lockdown. Interestingly, Saga have created a set of songs which they call Chapters, 16 in all, recorded over a 28-year period and released in no particular order. For example, in their first album, Saga have included two chapters, chapters 4 and 6. The remaining chapters were then eked out over a series of years and albums. When played or read in order, the chapters tell a science fiction story about the preservation of Albert Einstein's brain, aliens keen on humanity's destruction, and the resurrection of the dead through technology. I'm going to play a couple of songs from the Saga album now. First up, this is track one, side one, How Long. Here's Saga.
that was Saga with their awesomely polished prog extravaganza, How Long? Okay, so I'm going to finish today's episode with track four, side two of the Saga album. This is one of the chapters. This is Tired World, chapter six.
These guys certainly take you on a good, solid, epic prog journey. That was Saga with Tired World. Well, that's it for me today, folks. My name is Simon Chait. You've been listening to episode 11 of Prog Mojo, and it's been a treat having you with me this week. I look forward to catching up again next week for episode 12. Until then, don't forget, prog on.